You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock at acaville.org. Acaville, giving listeners worldwide something to sing about. At the top of the hour this hour, Pentatonics gets a billboard profile. In early May, Billboard magazine's Stephen Thomas Erlewine penned a profile of pentatonics exploring some of the keys to their success. In it, he identifies several factors, including timing, riding the wave of their sing-off win just as the first Pitch Perfect movie debuted, diversity, incorporating the authenticity of the performers themselves into the group, and their harmony itself, which positions them as the star harmony group on the charts where there's little current competition. It's an interesting analysis with some other takeaways as well. Check it out over at Billboard.com. Hello, Acaville fans. Welcome to Tacapella. I'm your host, John Lampus, back after a brief hiatus. And today I am joined by Matt Caruso, the owner of Acapella Psych, a standard boutique production company based out of Portland, Oregon, which is where I also am right now. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, what is, what's your acapella story? Give us the details. Tell us who you are, what you do, how you do it. Oh, I guess uh, in a lot of ways, I'm I'm like everybody else that's in acapella. It started with an infatuation, um, pretty young, I'd say. I was about 12 years old uh, when I first started hearing it. I think the first uh, the first thing I ever heard was uh, the Dartmouth Airs uh, "Black Tie Affair." Oh, it's yeah. one of the first albums I've I've ever heard, and shortly followed by uh, the MIT Logs. Um, I think it was their album Super Logs. Um, I, I think they were both released right about the same time, and uh, those—I that's where I really fell in love with the genre because I'd always been a singer. I grew up just as as a grade schooler, middle schooler, singing in chorus and cho- different choirs and such. But uh, that's what really grabbed my uh, my attention and and drew, really drew me towards contemporary acapella. Um, and it was so new to me, so fascinating. And uh, I started singing, I guess, when I was about 13 uh, in high school. We had a group. Uh, I started singing with them. Um, and I started dabbling with arranging and such as I was, you know, taking my AP music theory classes and such. And Fun stuff. Yeah, you know, all that. And, you know, all, all of those arrangements are just you know, exactly what you expect them to be from a 13-year-old. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, to, to make a very long story as short as possible, um, my, my background in, in vocal music in general goes back that far. Um, I've directed, uh, for four years, I directed my collegiate group, uh, for all four years of my undergrad. And where'd you, yeah, where'd you go? That was at Ursinus College. That was a, a small school outside of Philadelphia, um, and so that was that was all four years of undergrad that I directed them, and then I got out uh, and I was the music proctor at the American Boy Choir School for yeah. four years, and I I really gained a lot of my vocal music knowledge from uh, from Fernando Malvarguez and Carrie Hyman and and those uh, really high up choral conductors that that were there Fred Meads. Um, and that's where I, I really developed my conducting chops and mm-hmm. where I, I got a grasp on how to not just 
um, that's where I started and what I, what we do what I talk about in my class, uh, which I guess we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but that's where I, I started to differentiate between music and dots and lines. You know, yeah. You can you everyone can read their dots and lines if you, if you know how, but to make music is something completely different, um, and that's where I really that's where I really started developing my my love and appreciation of of choral mm-hmm. works because at boy choir it was SATB you know it wasn't just treble yeah. voices and um, and getting to see uh, musicianship at that high of a level at that young of an age um, it's inspiring and, I bet. Uh, yeah, and it and I started listening to more and more and more uh, contemporary acapella, um, mostly collegiate. But you know, I was I was listening to Cluster mm-hmm. and Cadence and Real Group and you know all all of the the swingles, just everyone that you'd you'd really think of yeah. um, at that time. <clears throat> um, and uh, I wanted to know how to do it, so I went to Aka Boot Camp with uh, with Freddie Fellman and Dave Brown in mm-hmm. Skokie, right, right outside of Chicago. And uh, I got my first Mbox, which uh, I'm using right now as my interface yeah. for this uh, interview, and um, my first microphone. And I started dabbling in it. I got Pro Tools, and I I dove headfirst right in. And uh, two years after I started doing that, I did my first album. That was for the Cheesies of uh, Miami Miami University, Ohio. Uh, their album Front and Center, um, and that was my uh, that was my first one professionally. And uh, after that, I decided I could uh, I could be happy with my life if I uh, tried to do this professionally, and so yeah. far it's worked out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like it's working out. I, I think it's nice that you bring up the you know the kind of classical background with the boy choir. I find that's a lot. That is a jumping off point for a lot of people. Not up the boy choir specifically, but having that kind of, you know, choral experience can really help. I know that's how I got into it, kind of introduce people to the greater world of contemporary acapella. So I think your story is one of many, and I'm glad that you've uh, taken it to where you have. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So Matt, what is acapella psych? Let's dive into that because I, I, I want to know what that is. I'm sure our listeners want to know. It sounds pretty cool. Give us, give us the full details. Well, acapella psych, um, came to be because of a blog that I had started. Um, I, I started a, a, a blog um, that was originally called Dr. Acapella. Um, <laughs> Is that a was... reference to Spider-Man, like Doc Ock? <laughs> it kind of sounded like it because um, it, it – and I mean just the, the way that it, it was very, very uh, cheap-looking. <laughs> Um, but, uh, the content was good enough that I realized that I had something to offer to the acapella mm-hmm. community as a whole. I remember, uh, talking with people that I had never dreamed of being able to communicate with mm-hmm. on a personal basis and on, on a platform of like my blog that was apparently getting enough traffic that, um, what I was saying was either, <clears throat> excuse me, was either controversial con- or enough for, <laughs> for it to be talked about, or was just good content. And mm-hmm. either way, you know, it, it made for, um, for a, g- a good read. Um, yeah. But a lot of what that started with, how Acapella Psych started was was that blog, and it was about, you know, why we interpret different pieces of acapella music, the different components that make up vocal music whether it's contemporary acapella or it's it's barbershop or if it's mm-hmm. chant whatever it happens to be why it's so effective in the way that that it is mm-hmm. 
And some of those things were really, really interesting, like why it's why you can why certain people sound like they're singing higher than they really are. Yeah. Why certain people sound like they're singing lower like they than they really are. Um, and all of that kind of all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, where it approached it from that psychological perspective and eventually turned into acapella psych. Mm-hmm. And from there, the production company was born. Yeah. So what uh, So what was the name of that blog again? Dr. Acapella? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> is was... that still going or has that kind of been incorporated into what acapella psych is essentially? I haven't written uh, very much at all lately. Um, and it's something that I'd love to get back into doing. But um, – with the work that's coming across my desk, I don't get to do it. And having, you know, a twenty-month-old um, yeah. <laughs> with being a stay-at-home dad, you, you don't get much time uh, I by that. yourself just to write. Um, <laughs> that sounds realistic. So, so yeah, the, the, we actually are just re- we are just doing a soft launch of a new website. Of uh, we're revamping everything from uh, our logo to the website and cool. how everything's navigated. And part of that is going to be um, my re-release of, of blog posts of mm-hmm. and. Um, I'm excited to get back into that, but it's taken a little bit to build up yeah. uh, the content because I just know that I'm not, if I say, I'm just going to do it this week, I'm not going to make the yeah. deadline with everything, especially this time of year. Yeah. You know, there's so, there's so many, uh, the projects coming across my desk this time of year as, as all the other producers out there know and everyone mm-hmm. that's in a group knows cause everyone's recording. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So let's, so what is like, Walk us through like a day doing acapella psych or one of your projects or like how how we, we understand how it came together. I'm curious just like what is the doing? How do you just go about being the leader of acapella psych and what are the activities, the projects, all that stuff? Well, being the leader of acapella psych for is <laughs> – I like to – everyone that we work with, I like to call my partner. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Nick Wright who's our chief arranger, a uh, brilliant arranger um, – a lot of people listening have have sung a Nick Wright arrangement without knowing it, I believe um, that. or a, a Nick Wright edited arrangement without knowing it. Um, and um, we have a couple other uh, great people that we work with, like uh, like Walter uh, Pendleton uh, or Walter Lawrence, as he goes by now, um, and uh, Evan Feist, who is now doing uh, Flovo mm-hmm. um, with uh, Amanda, and um, we. Uh, we're all I call them all partners because in the way that we the average day is just a big collaboration of ideas Mm -hmm. and if it's about a project it's a collaboration of ideas on that particular project with the group members or the executive board or the music director whoever they decide for it whoever they decide to be the contact person with us yeah um all of the professional production companies out there, whether it's a really big company or a really small company, they're all good. Mm-hmm. You're going to get, you're going to get your money's worth. You're going to be happy with the final product. You're going to be happy with the people that you work with because I, I really believe that. And why, why I love this industry is that everybody is good at what they do, willing to share, um, with each other to make the whole genre better as a whole. And, and, people treat each other nicely and you just mm-hmm. don't see that in a, in a lot of other industries where Agreed. you have your it's direct competitors and we're helping each other saying hey mm-hmm. you should think about doing this or you know and um what sets us apart i i think is what we there's the thought process that we go through and and we lead the group or the client 
through with us. Um, it's a different way of thinking about the music. It's a different way of thinking about the performance, a different way of preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it pulls so much from the human experience and so much less from a musical standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting way of putting it. So can if I were to go on your site right now and just like even though you said you're, you know, move, changing things around like what are what are like all the services? If someone's just like stumbles upon your site, what are the opportunities that your site uh that acapella psych offers them that, you know, people would be interested in? Well, um just like any other standard production company, we're, we'll do tracking, editing, uh, mixing, um, tracking on location, mm-hmm. um, uh, arrangements. You know, Nick does custom arrangements mm-hmm. uh, all the time, uh, arrangement editing, mm-hmm. um, and uh, a new service that we're starting up uh, uh, in about in less than a month. A new service that we're starting up is uh, engraving. Oh, like um, what? Wait, what's that mean? <laughs> so you, 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 I'm sure you've come across these arrangements that are just they. It's like you, you you listen to them in the MIDI files. You hear them sung. It's like oh, that's a pretty good arrangement. And then you look at it on the piece of paper, and you don't know what's the <laughs> edge and what's the tail. Yeah, you know. Um, and engraving is engraving arrangements uh, is essentially making them uh, <laughs> making them into actual pieces of music you can read. Yeah, digestible. Yeah, um, instead of because you have so many, we have so many, especially in collegiate acapella, you have so many people that have finale notepad or something, yeah. and they click and they just make the values of how long they want, but it's not beamed correctly or. Yeah. And the subdivisions aren't correct or the measure, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's messy. Um, like, yeah, including okay. even things like measure numbers mm-hmm. or, you know, this is yeah. section A, this is section B, this, you know, stuff like yeah, that yeah, just yeah. to help you uh, find where you are in rehearsal usually. Um, and so one of the new services that we're offering, uh, going to start offering in less than a month is the uh, engraving. Um, we And it, that's just by a measure, you know, it's, it's measured, it's going to be X amount per measure. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll engrave your arrangement for you, and just make it like all nice and shiny and yep. organized. We'll keep exactly Ooh. whatever you have. If you don't want any editing, you just want it to be, uh, you just I want like it to that. look nice. It'll that's all we'll do. We won't change anything other than the beaming and and the actual layout of the arrangement itself, how it looks on the piece of paper. I imagine for arrangers who, um, and I've never done this, but arrangers who want to like get their stuff licensed or whatever by like, you know, the officials, people who own the rights to this music, Mm -hmm. I bet that is something they would really like to come to you for to make sure everything looks exactly like really professional. That's, that's so unique. That's a really, well, and the other part of it is that now we're starting to get into this, we're starting to get into this, um, era where music publishers are starting to realize that they're is you know from a business standpoint that there is money to be made yep. by letting amateur uh, arrangers sell their arrangements through Sheet Music Direct or, yeah. or whatever it happens to be Shido, or Trace Sona. yeah all that stuff yeah um, and so for in order for an amateur arranger to sell to a music educator mm-hmm. for example it has to be legible yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It has to, you know, yeah, you got to have the, you also got to have, you know, the check off from the, the official people. Cause I know well, what, in one of my choral classes or whatever, they go on all about the dangers of like copyright and stuff and how crazy mm-hmm. that can be to navigate. So I imagine just kind of having this kind of foothold of, okay, how do I at least just get a product that is 
while, you know, maybe good actual content, like how do I make that super presentable for a ton of different reasons? So that, that I really like that. And you said you're launching that within the next month. Yes. And uh, shortly after that, we're going to be doing um, online classes, Skype classes, oh, Google dude. Hangout classes, um, so that you can see how what goes into, you know, and it, we're going to start oh, wow. with, you know, say January, there'll be two classes. One will be an engraving class, one will be an arranging class. Mm -hmm. And January will be the beginner classes. Mm -hmm. February will be the intermediate classes. March will be the expert. And then in April, start over, beginner, intermediate. So that yeah. every month we have another class for you to take um, where, and it, it's it's face-to-face -face on mm -hmm. Skype or you, so, so. It's not just over the phone or a conference call where you're staring at a box in the middle of the table or something <laughs> like that. Um, you can actually interact with everyone else that's there. Yeah. Uh, we can take uh, something you're working on and work on it together. And um, that's all going to be headed up by our chief arranger, Nick Wright. Uh, and uh, he is fantastic at that. I, I can't wait for people to be able to work with him uh, in that in that uh, context because I think uh, I, I think he's going to get out a lot of it, out of it by seeing what all these mm -hmm. collegiate arrangers these days have to offer, but also everyone that's going to take the class is going to get a lot out of it because he is just a pro at finale. Yeah. You know, he can, he can bust out arrangements in an hour just because of it's in his head and he knows exactly what to do to make it read on the page. I imagine classes like that are, you know, besides being obviously a, a source of revenue for you guys and uh, obviously a very fulfilling um, endeavor like that just enriches the acapella community so much more. I know, like, you know, I can't imagine what I, I really just don't know because I wasn't really into acapella then, um, 10 years ago. Uh, like, what it was like for people who didn't have, like, you know, just Facebook groups, they could go on and just say, Hey, here's an arrangement. Can someone just look at this? Or, you know, have all these resources. I remember doing an episode of Tacapella late last year with Amanda Tran of C Note in Seattle. And we talked a lot about enriching the acapella community and growing that kind of stuff and creating infrastructure. Like, that's what it sounds like you guys are doing. You're creating a, you know, a structure for people to just kind of get their foot in the door or start building these skills. Cause it's not like, you know, when you're what, uh, when you're in junior high, you know, you take piano lessons or you do after school soccer or you have SAT classes or, you know, whatever there's not like, or, or voice lessons, but there's not like an acapella class or just some kind of there. It's not like framed that way. So having these kind of experiences, I imagine will kind of beget, further experiences that will hopefully kind of, I'm not saying, you know, we need after school acapella classes, but it, it broadens the culture and it, um, it makes it more accessible and it just deepens it. And I think it makes it, people are going to be able to get in it at different levels and do more things with it, uh, which I think is super exciting. And that's the goal. The goal yeah. of these classes isn't to Say, come to us. We know everything. Yeah. Come to, and we're going to set you up and then you don't need anything else. The, the whole goal of, of these classes is to is to dive further into what you're trying, especially the beginner classes. Mm -hmm. You just want to know the very basics of vocal arranging. Yeah. Um, just to get you further into it so it can spark that creativity. It can spark the love of doing what you what you're doing to the point where you want to be better at it. And the more mm -hmm. people that we can get into acapella, you know, college acapella, professional, semi-pro, uh, whether it's uh, barbershop or if it's uh, 
uh, church choir, whatever it happens to be, the more people that we can get into it and interested in it, the better the genre will, will be as a whole yep. in quantity and quality because yep. you're going to have all these people collaborating with each other, sharing knowledge, and it's just going to further the genre to the point where this is – it's it's just too – kind of like what, what uh, PTX has done. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's brought, brought it to such a forefront, uh, with, you know, pitch perfect and everything like that. It's, it's great for us as acapella professionals because it kind of validates when we say to people what we do. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> right. But also, it, also it, it's just, it, it feels good to know that what you're doing is helping yourself with collaborating with all these other ideas. So you get, mm. you get, you gain knowledge from that. But also because it's – and more so because what you're finding is that all these brilliant, talented people are coming together, collaborating with each other and leaving with greater skills yeah. and, a, and a broader horizon of creativity than they came with. And that's what we're, we really want to do with these classes, yeah. not just a you know, 300-person lecture hall, one person standing there type of thing. Yeah, have here is the model. You follow this. This equals this, blah, blah, blah. With this, you know, just kind of the idea that um, the theme that keeps coming in my head throughout this discussion is this kind of idea of the frontier. And I think, you know, acapella is obviously it's been around for a while, but obviously in the past couple of years, it's, you know, blown up beyond what we ever thought it would be, which is awesome for, like you said, for people like us. And now it's like, uh, the stuff that you're doing and the stuff that um, these kind of, you know, like you said, pitch, pitch perfect, pentatonics, that stuff brings it to the forefront. And now uh, it's like st the stuff that you're doing in terms of the actual arranging, in terms of the actual art, rather than just representations of the art. I think that's going to make it stick. I think that's going to build the passion more from people and it's going to let them get involved. Because I honestly, I think, uh, and this is a giant generalization, but, um, you know, living in Portland, Oregon, um, or just right outside it, I didn't really have much exposure to acapella till I saw like my high school show choir perform like, was it Strawberry Fields Forever acapella? And that mm. was my first, like that was the first time I saw acapella. And while it was cool later on to see Pitch Perfect and the sing-off and all this stuff, I didn't have a clear, like, way to to um pursue that passion outside of just choir and i love choir and that's what i'm studying to do but it's i think giving people these opportunities like hey if you really want to follow this here's a way you can do it this is how you follow it you don't just have to take voice lessons and then wait till you get to college to start arranging things and mm -hmm. start because i think that's where a lot of people do they learn to arrange like in college because they haven't had anyone show them and it's a lot of dictation and it's a lot of just kind of you know, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks with their group or whatnot. So it's it's creating this more fully realized uh, acapella infrastructure that I think is going to help people uh, grow their passion and give them an opportunity. Uh, like people can grow their passion, but now it gives them an opportunity to do it earlier and do it more in depth. So this this is super exciting. I wish I had something like this um, when I was you know you know ten years ago or whatever because I think that would have. And I probably would be better at acapella now. I'd hmm. probably have other friends who are more interested. And like you said, getting more people in it and making it a deeper genre and a more um, satisfying one. This this is super exciting for That's me, dude. That's what I we hope. hope. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we've been talking with Matt Caruso all about acapella psych and the acapella genre as a whole and what they're doing. Uh, we're going to be listening to the Marquette University Naturals performing Coffee. And we're going to be right back here on Talkapella. 
I wish I could paint all out these moments in vibrant. You are bright, turns into gunplay. Gunplay turns into pillow talk. Pillow talk turns into sweet dream. Sweet dream turns into coffee in the morning. We talk street art and sarcasm Rest humor in high fashion Peace, color, moon, this is about thinkers As we laugh over shotguns and tongue kisses Bubble bed, truth the devil, would you rather A gold flame, a thrill and no shame Drag sex and boulevard Pick a star in the sky Both say goodbye all night I wish I could paint Turns in a sweet chain, sweet chain Turned in the coffee in the morning Coffee in the morning, yeah I don't wanna wake you I just wanna watch you sleep But it's the smell of your hair And it's the way we feel I never felt comfortable Is your precious time and my temptation Never mind that, I guess I'll climb the ladder later Let's try and put your back on me, then I'ma take it What is this, macchiato, I'm tasting Caffeinated your body, I swear that y'all only stay up Grab a towel, she need it, now she open again She say my stroke is a scone, now let that soak in the bean What's up with it? Okay, what's really good? I never know your bad side until you show your goods Okay, what's up with it? Just let me set the mood She says she don't on the first night, the morning's good, Hey, We talk, read some movies and tunes Emulate fancy shades of a Jodice groove but I'm joking, I'm trying to sing your body The notion, if nobody throw me a float Then I'ma drown in the ocean Come and take this work Mess around, be late to work There's a conversation phase, let's play you hang up first With your silly self Pictures in my silly well Kisses give a goosebumps Well, that's cool, I used to to the brow What's up, baby? Ain't mean to wake you I can put you back to sleep if that's a consolation And I'm tired of waiting, so no more disappointment I'm not your regular joke, I'll be ya yeah. And this smell of your hair And this way that we feel I never felt God All songs about a new religion Now I'm swimming, that's it Baptism Peace, color skies, felt the sunrise Two lost angels discover salvation Don't you wish we could run away now? Yes Drugs, sex, and Boulevard Pick a star in the sky We can both say goodbye all night I wish I could Paint our love, baby These moments in The vibe with you 
play, turns into gunplay, gunplay, turns into pillow talk, pillow talk, turns into sweet dream, sweet dream, turn into coffee in the morning. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock on our app, on TuneIn Radio, and online at acaville.org. And welcome back to Talkapella. Boom. All right. Hello, everyone. If you're just joining us, we are talking with Matt Caruso today all about Acapella Psych, his production company that he started based out of Portland, Oregon, which is also where I'm from. So this is super cool learning all about that. And now we're going to talk about, uh, you call it, Matt, Aka Jedi Mind Tricks. Tell me what that is. I, I know it's a workshop. I know you've done it at a bunch of the big festivals, but... Uh, as a Star Wars geek and an acapella geek, this is like the perfect smorgasbord of stuff I like. So please, <laughs> obviously, I, I doubt there's many Star Wars references in it, but I can hope. So wh- what is it? What is Aka Jedi Mind Tricks? Aka Jedi Mind Tricks is, um, to put it in, in, in really a brief description of it, would be it's a class, it's a workshop where within 50 minutes, it'll teach you uh, some strategies of taking singers of all different abilities and drawing from the human experience to bring some bring a bring a level of cooperation Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't necessarily be able to achieve in that short amount of time with just the technical the you know the usual um dots and lines yeah and and the usual music education uh, part of it, especially because you're you're drawing from so many different levels of music theory, um, whether they're vocal performance or whether they're just I enjoy singing in the car yeah. in the shower, you know. Um, and so, Akajedi Mind Tricks. Um, the name uh, suggests that there's way more uh, uh, Star Wars stuff in it than there actually <laughs> is. Uh, at Vocal Nation, I think maybe it was four four years ago maybe a vocal nation i actually used a uh, a lightsaber <laughs> as, as a prop but uh that's, that's as beautiful. close as we got it's <laughs> it's more of akajedi mind tricks because as the class goes on i'm ac- i actually tricked the class into doing some things or recognizing things without them noticing and it really all um pulls from my my psych background mm-hmm. and um and so it, it just fit in and it's yeah. And Aka Jedi Mind Tricks is just a really cool name for a class that otherwise I couldn't think of any name for. <laughs> so let's let's dive deep. So you said you have a psych background and how like what stuff from that did you incorporate into Aka Jedi Mind Tricks? And how does like what what are like the specific things you do in that class and how do you do them? Well, without giving anything away, that's uh, fair. Those, yes, <laughs> those that have taken the class, uh, they're probably you know smiling to themselves right now mm-hmm. just because they know uh, how the class uh, how the class starts, how it ends, and and mm-hmm. everything that kind of gets ingrained along the way. Um, but <clears throat> it goes it goes it starts with warm ups. Um, and my philosophy on warm-ups, um, which I'm sure that you've heard a million and one different philosophies on warm-ups and how yeah. it's done. Um, mine just happened to be my big thing that I take, and I learned this from Fred Meads at Boy Choir, 
um, I, I learned TBS and it is think, breathe, sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cannot sing to the best of your ability unless you have breathed properly. You cannot breathe properly unless you have thought about what you're about to do. So just being mindful of what you're doing and being present, you know, the old choral director, you know, don't go on autopilot. Yeah. Um, just being present in the moment. Uh, so whether that's in, in warm ups, whatever it happens to be. And I like warming up the body, uh, the voice and your mind for what we're about to do. I like to uh, have a little segment of warm ups um, where it's basically meditation without you knowing it's meditation. That's cool. And it's just to clear your mind because especially in collegiate acapella. You're meeting at all sorts of weird hours for rehearsal because you have your <laughs> schedules and everyone's got all these different clubs they're in and different fraternities and sororities. And mm-hmm. there, there's a there's boyfriend issues here. There's girlfriend issues there. Yeah. Um, and just that being able to have that five minutes of the warm up that you don't really yeah. realize it's meditating, but you're just focusing yourself into contributing what you can do for the people around you at that given time. Yeah. Uh, so things like that, other things that just pull you away from the normal type of warm ups, you know, instead mm-hmm. of just doing do, re, mi, re, do, mm-hmm. and then a half, do, re, mi, re, do, up a half, do, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's, cause it's so easy to get, to put yourself on an in, in autopilot yep. in warm ups because it's like, oh, we're just going through the motions again. This is what we always do. Yeah. Um, different strategies like, uh, like that. Um, and then it goes, it dives in further, uh, and a little deeper, um, in everything from, um, Operant conditioning mm-hmm. and and cue dependence. Yeah. Um. To <clears throat> everything from um recognizing or developing relative pitch in singers that mm-hmm. don't know don't know it. Um. You know, just serial positioning and uh cue dependence. You know, if you've ever, I guess nowadays you don't really find many people that listen to albums all the way through in the yeah. same order. Everyone has the shuffle button on, but. If you've ever had a playlist or an album that you listen to all the way through and you just that's what you do over and over and over again, you always know when one song ends, you know exactly what the pitch is for the next song. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. You just developed your own relative. Mm-hmm. Right. You've, you it, it's it's like um, it you you develop your own relative pitch from the and, and your your dependence is on the cue of the other song ending mm-hmm. and then you know what's coming up. And so you can do the same thing. Um, kind of drawn from serial positioning where um, as this song A ends and you know what song B starts on. So mm-hmm. a lot of these groups that are going through competitions, whether it's ICCA or ICHSA or the Open, whatever it happens to be, Harmony Sweeps, you might need to blow one pitch at the beginning and that's it, even if there is a break, even if you're not doing a seamless set because if you rehearse it in the right way, uh, you can develop that relative pitch so that there doesn't need to be yeah pitches being blown yeah that makes a lot of no seams between the and and some people maybe it makes sense for groups to take a second to reestablish. but i think i think you're right in the idea of really wanting to not to make sure you're not going out of tune can be like a really scary thought for groups and they'll you know they won't give themselves the option to create like a one seamless kind of performance like that. So I, I think that's a really smart way of doing it. I think your point about warmups too really, uh, really speaks to me in that uh, 
generally more than choirs, especially more than like, you know, quote unquote, top choirs. Uh, acapella groups bring people from all different kinds of backgrounds. And like you said, all different kinds of skill levels. That's not, you know, that's not anything new, but taking time to center yourself and recognize, okay, what is it I can do? What is it I do well? What can I contribute to this rehearsal? I think, I think that really helps. That makes a lot of sense to me of just kind of framing everything. How, how, what is a successful rehearsal in this set in this for the, at this time in my life, at this time in the, uh, this time of the year, how, when's the concert mm-hmm. coming up? How does this uh, rehearsal function in the larger framework of rehearsals we already had? And I just, you know, consciously giving yourself time to recognize that or just time to like time to do that, but also just time to like center yourself and get in the acapella mindset rather than, you know, if you just came from choir practice or you just came from a fraternity meeting, like you said, or sports or something, I think, um, and I fall into this trap too. There's this idea of acapella groups, you know, they got to survive. We got to keep going. We got to rehearse. We Mm got to do stuff to keep ourselves alive uh, because we're student run organizations. So, so often we just kind of want to get to the music. I know I do that a lot. I'm like, no, 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 let's just go. Let's just get into it. Um, And even if we're all, I like the idea of, um, I know my group was all people from choir my first year and we all had already warmed up that day. So we're already vocally warmed up, but I, I now that I, I wish I could go back and just like take two, two or three minutes, let's get in acapella mode and let's think about what that is and take mm-hmm. the time to recognize for each of us. Cause even though we all are vocally warmed up, it's not even like, you know, there's one thing to be said for like mentally warmed up, but like mentally like focused on exactly what you need to do to make stuff work. I think that's a really, um, really great psychological way of looking at it. And I think people don't value that kind of, or don't consider that kind of perspective of how much that can affect a really successful rehearsal. And that's why I like, uh, that's why I like teaching this workshop at high school festivals mm-hmm. the most. Um, collegiate festivals, awesome. There's, there, it's a different vibe and it's, it's a different kind of energy and, but of course, you know, uh, every every undergrad out there knows everything there there is to know about the world, and so telling them <laughs> something new or different, you know, you're you're yeah. going to get some pushback at some point for nothing. Yeah. Um, but what I love about uh, high school festivals is that you get to, I at least from my workshop perspective, is I get to directly interact with the music educators that are working with mm-hmm. these kids and uh, it's so refreshing now even now it's it's you you find that the minority of these music educators are against contemporary acapella mm-hmm. whereas even five years ago yeah the majority of music educators were very much against mm-hmm. contemporary acapella um, because they didn't see the value in it for their choral program where they didn't see the value in it for an individual singer. And I think one of the best people that, that breaks this down, um, and, or the best person to talk to, to read what he writes about it is JD Frizzle Mm -hmm. or Frizzell. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, I'm used to, I'm used to calling him Frizzle just to mess (laughs) with him. Yeah. But JD Frizzell, he's the, uh, he's the uh, director of one voice Mm and Briar Crest Christian. And he's the president of the American uh, of the of the uh, AEA. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's the president of the AEA, and uh, he is so 
concise and eloquent in 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 the way that he pulls from his choral background and everything from his dissertation to his classroom experience, the way that he stands up in front of his students and motivates them, the way that he conducts them during a concert, the way that he sees the value of acapella very differently than a lot of music educators mm -hmm. out there. And what I love about uh, what, I, what I love about knowing him and in reading his stuff is that I get to take some of that and pass it on directly yeah. in my class in a different in a different medium. Yeah. But through my class to these music educators in the, at these high school uh, festivals and a lot of these music educators, it's it's not like they're hearing something that they haven't heard before, but they're hearing it in a different way. Yeah. It's applicable in a different way to a new generation of students that. Yeah. Everyone's I've grown up with around acapella. With headphones in and, yeah. You know. well, and I was just saying it's just because you're you're still dealing with high school kids. Yeah. They're kids. And by by enabling their music educators to introduce contemporary acapella the quote unquote right way, the mm -hmm. healthy way. You know, not just going out there and singing your vocal folds out, mm -hmm. not just going and out there screaming, jumping around and saying this is acapella, but yeah. actually being musicians and being artists within it. You know, we're not just singing this song. We are performing this song. Mm -hmm. We are making this into music um, in yep. our own way. And and but I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing such a rise. We saw we we saw such a plateau of, of collegiate acapella for a while mm -hmm. and it was because it got, the genre got so popular that everyone just wanted to be in it and so all of a sudden these these schools of thousands and thousands and thousands and sometimes tens of thousands of students would have one two maybe three at the most acapella groups mm -hmm. and so your talent pool is, is is you have you end up with this group that's just incredibly talented individually and it's just working with talented singers to make a cohesive sound and to get your point across through your performance mm -hmm. well, then we saw this plateau mm -hmm. of well, now we have nine ten eleven groups for one university and so each we've just spread the talent so thin yeah um, that it's become an uphill battle to make them not just entertaining but musically relevant yep um, and I think one of the ways that we've combated that is at the high school level, they've gotten so good and we've gotten all these music educators that are so dedicated to making contemporary acapella part of their choral program and seeing the value, the intrinsic mm -hmm. value of contemporary acapella within a choral program as a whole, which are giving us these students that are going to the collegiate level saying, yeah, I've, I've recorded three albums already. Yeah. I've been to New York City twice. I've I've been to re I know what it's like to be on the stage to have that and and, mm -hmm. and so now we're just getting where the talent pool is broadening mm -hmm. in the, on the collegiate level now again because we have all these music educators that are passing uh that they're passing their not that are not restricting yeah. their students anymore. Yep. I absolutely they're agree. Embracing that art form. Yep. I remember writing a paper for um my music research class all about uh all about you know before the most recent plateau after you know the kind of post glee ptx and pitch perfect boom uh that i you know argued that kind of kicked off most of this and how that was a more successful boom than earlier booms had been like the one in the late 80s and uh, you know three or four years before that because we had had uh 
music educators who were in acapella groups in high school or in college. Mm -hmm. And um, now what we're doing is then the next kind of step was, okay, now we're getting, um, uh, what do you call it? Acapella groups in high school. Cause people are seeing what's happening on Glee and pitch perfect and PTX. And they're like, okay, well we can do this. And the acapella groups and the music educators, like you said, they're more willing. And now we're kind of seeing, I think um, your point, like the next kind of step in this cycle is it's not just that, um, teachers are saying, yeah, we can do acapella since I did that. They're saying, okay, how can we do acapella? Well, this isn't just mm. like letting it exist. It's letting it thrive. And I, you know, the idea of, you know, someone audition, the, I, I think it's really exciting for collegiate acapella groups in that sense, because they're getting like way better singers and way better acapellaites than they're used to. Cause like you said, there are people who have performed at ICCA and the like, amount of acapella things people can do and the amount of skills they can build and how deep they can build those skills is so much more that pool and that those opportunities are so much more extensive than they were before. Like you said, it's just enriching the genre and it's like from the bottom up and that's super exciting. And I'm holding auditions, um, you know, in three months for my group. And I'm really excited to see like, you know, if I was doing this 10 years ago, it's like, okay, hopefully someone's done choir and maybe they learned to beatbox along the way, but now I can, uh, with all this stuff, ideally I can set maybe a higher bar and it won't be that crazy to expect someone to have performed at ICCA. And that's so freaking cool. And mm. that's just going to create more and it's a cycle and it's just going to keep feeding itself because people are going to get better and groups are going to get better and more. And we're going to have different kinds of group for people, different kinds of groups for people to join and so on and so forth. And it's just expanding and like fracturing in a really good way because there's different kinds of acapella for different kinds of people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it, that's just really freaking exciting for people at all levels. And the idea of the, um, you know, the acapella educator, the contemporary acapella, edu- contemporary acapella educator, say that five times fast. Hmm. Actually, it doesn't sound that hard to do, but um, yeah. th- like the idea of an acapella educator 10 years ago, like what, what do you mean? Is an acapella just like, the song that you know groups perform choirs perform at the end of the concert so it's super cool that there's not just acapella educators but that we are diving into really nuanced and relevant topics like you know the psychology of warming up and getting yourself centered uh what these songs can mean to different students etc etc so i mean this is this is the frontier in my opinion these kind these kind of conversations and these kind of organizations like acapella psych and all the infrastructure that's being set up for the genre to just keep exploding. You know, one thing that a lot of people ask me sometimes is, well, do you think, you know, we've seen these acapella booms, when's the next one going to fall off? And I'm like, I just, maybe it won't. Maybe it's just going to get bigger and bigger. I mean, maybe eventually again, it'll plateau, but let's keep writing this out because this is exciting and we're just getting cooler and cooler stuff out of it. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm pumped. This is is a pretty cool time to be an acapella person. Well, and I want to give a quick shout out to Camp Acapella. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because what Brody has done, Brody McDonald, yep. who's uh, yep, the director book. of choirs at Kettering, yep. Fairmont High School in Dayton, um, what he's done and what Deke has done with him mm-hmm. um, as the directors of Camp Acapella and the people that they've brought in. I mean, you guys, you can go on Camp Acapella website. It's yeah, campacapella.com just... if, if no one knows out there. Um, and I am not affiliated with them at all. But I, 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 what I, I want to give them a shout out because these are all music educators and acapella professionals that mm-hmm. are taking extra time and dedicating that extra time to the next generation of acapella yep. like they have middle schoolers at the, at camp you know yeah. it's everyone from from some semi-pros to collegiate high school and, and middle schoolers and what they're able to do um and what they're 
what they're instilling the found the the Aka foundation that they're laying um, is just we're going to see just we're going to reap the benefits of that just in the next few years even. I'm excited. I mean, that's yeah, like you said, the infrastructure, the organizations that are just giving us opportunities and just simply making more cool acapella stuff and more cool acapella (laughs) opportunities. It's exciting. And uh, I think that's sure is. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a great way to end our second segment here today on Tacapella. So we are going to listen to Dynasty by University of Maryland Decadence, and we are going to be right back here on this very exciting episode of Tacapella. Some days it's hard to see If I was a fool or you a thief Listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, streaming acapella around the clock on our app, on TuneIn Radio, and online at acaville.org. And we are back here on Tacapella talking with Matt Caruso all about acapella psych and Aka Jedi Mind Tricks, his workshop that he does at a ton of acapella festivals and just the world of acapella in general and the exciting stuff that's going to be coming up in the next few years. Uh, Matt, with our, just our last you know five-ish minutes of the hour, I just want to give you a chance if you have any uh, recommendations for listeners or groups who you know, from all the areas, if it's a group trying to get started, if it's a group wondering how they can get um you know, how they can incorporate more Aka Jedi Mind Tricks stuff for that kind of philosophy into their groups, uh, or just overall your biggest recommendation or biggest piece of advice you could give to acapella groups and acapella listeners who are tuning in right now. Yeah, sure. I think the, the overarching piece of advice that I give all singers is that if you love to do it, if you love to sing, keep singing. 
Yeah. Uh, don't let anything stop you. Don't let anyone stop you. Don't let anything stop you. If you want to sing, you want to do what you love to do, do what you love to do. And if that happens to be acapella, because you're listening to this and you're and you want to know more about um, all the different ways that you can further your group or yourself in, in within the acapella genre, sure, you can talk to any of the professionals. You can yeah. talk to any one that's been doing this for a while and, and has seen, you know, hundreds of singers and, and, and hundreds of groups and you'll get all these different perspectives. But the one overarching thing is if you love it, do it. Yeah. Um, there's, and there's don't, and don't let anything get in your way. Yeah. And I think, uh, what's really nice is that, uh, like we were talking about as the acapella world just gets bigger, uh, it, I think it's easier to keep doing acapella because there are people who can now you can now make a career out of it you couldn't really do that that long ago unless you were uh you know a star in a major group and stuff mm-hmm. like that and stuff was much more cyclical but i think uh your advice is is really nice to embody at this point in the acapella world because there are so many cool opportunities coming up and uh so many there are so many ways the genre could evolve that we don't know about yet and that's what's super exciting so uh yeah like matt said i think that i think that makes sense if you want to experience all the cool stuff this genre has to offer just stay in it and cool stuff is going to happen and what's what's super nice is how open the community is it's you know it's not hard to just like send an email to some pretty well-known acapella people just like hey how do i figure this out you can get on facebook groups and you know like the casa facebook group or their forums or you can send us emails here at uh, acaville or you can uh, you know, just reach out to people. The acapella world is, besides just getting bigger, it's getting more interconnected in mm-hmm. some really cool ways. And it's really nice to take advantage of that for people who are just starting out a group, for people who maybe are getting back into acapella or for someone going in their seventh year in a group, whatever. Uh, you know, you can always learn from reaching out more. And as long as you stay in the game, you'll get to reap these benefits that we talked about, you know, in our last section, a lot of what's going to be coming up as the world of acapella continues to grow in some new and really exciting ways. And I mean, I'm pumped. I I think there's some really cool stuff coming down the line as people get better at acapella, as the world continues to embrace it. You know, we got another Pitch Perfect movie coming out this year. How more, how many more people is that going to get involved in acapella, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, I think Matt said it best. Keep on singing because there's some cool stuff coming. Uh, John, like you said, it, just if I could real quick, the yeah. way that I got into this professionally was I was at, uh, I was at Laugh. I was at the mm-hmm. Los Angeles Acapella Festival in 2012, 11, 12, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was my first big festival. And I was there by myself. Mm-hmm. And I just walked up to people and and I was scared to death, but I just walked <laughs> up to people that I recognized from their pictures on the internet yeah. or something of, and, and just said, hi, this, my name is Matt and mm-hmm. I love what you do. And you realize that these people and, and not to take any, I don't want to take anything away from, from these great people like, like Bill Hare and Deke Sharon and uh, they're people and they're mm-hmm. great people. So just go up, walk up, say hi, and you're gonna realize that they're, they're, they're gonna say hi back, and it's not gonna, it's not the celebrity status where it's like, uh, no, you're, you're not, <laughs> you're not on my level. That, that's yeah. not how this community works, and mm-hmm. that's, I think, that's the best part of this community, and what yep. enables everybody to just keep doing what they love. Absolutely, I can think of no better way to end this episode. Matt, thank you so much for coming on again. If people want to get a hold of you, see what Acapella Psych is all about, how could they do that? 
all the social media uh, usually um, is, our, is the best bet. Uh, but you can check out the website at uh, acapellapsych.com. You can find us on Twitter at acapellapsych, Facebook slash acapellapsych. Uh, you can email me directly, matt at acapellapsych.com, um, or just Google us and uh, drop a line and uh, we'll say hey. Yeah, absolutely. So, and again, if you want to get hold of me, you can tweet me at John Lampus, but more importantly, tweet the station at Ockerville Radio. You can also send me an email, johnlampus at gmail.com. Uh, I think that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Tacapella. Fun fact for longtime listeners, we have officially passed the one-year mark. Uh, Tacapella is officially a year old, and I hey. think that's pretty cool. Uh, I was The birthday was a couple weeks ago, uh, but... I just want to say thanks to everyone who keeps tuning in and listening. Thank you to Matt for a super fun episode and super interesting perspective on the growing world of acapella. And for everything acapella, stay tuned. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. Yeah, I want to dance with somebody. With somebody who loves me. Upon the hour as the sun begins to fade There's still enough time to figure out How to chase my moves away I've done alright up till now Oh